USAA is proudly celebrating 100 years of serving the military community. It was a group of soldiers who launched USAA in 1922 by joining together to insure each other's vehicles when no one else would. Since then, USAA has grown to more than 13 million members strong. And through it all, one thing has remained. USAA is still serving the military community and their families. Find out more at USAA.com slash 100. And hot! Welcome to the Veterans Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center, originating from the Optum Podcast Studio in partnership with podcast channel sponsor, Medicare Mentors, technology partner, Colorado Computer Support, and supporting partner, the WireNut Home Services. All right, welcome to the Veterans Voice Podcast. My name is Taylor Chapman, stepping in for our host, Paul Watson, this week. I'm here with Stephanie Dasher with the Warrior Surf Foundation out of Folly Beach, South Carolina. How's it going today, Stephanie? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure it's a lot warmer out there than it is here in Colorado, South Carolina. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say so. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself and the Warrior Surf Foundation, and then uh, we'll kind of dive deep into your story as a veteran and then how that transitioned into the foundation itself. Yeah, so I was in the Navy. My husband, who I've been married to for 17 years, was an infantryman in the Army. Um, that's kind of how we got involved in the foundation. And the foundation's a 501c3 nonprofit that serves veterans and their families through adaptive surf therapy. Okay, nice. Sorry to hear your husband was in the Army. <laughs> I had less, <laughs> less than great experience in the Army for 13 years myself. <laughs> yeah, challenging for sure. Um, sometimes. But that's a cool story, though. So you guys met through the military, and now neither of you guys are in, and you just focus on the surf foundation? Yep, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. What did you do in the Navy? I was a nuke, um, actually, in the Navy, so a nerd. Oh, uh, what is that? I was a nuke in the Navy, so uh, I always just tell people a nerd. I'm really good at pushing buttons and turning knobs. Oh, uh, I was <laughs> going to say, I have no idea what that is. You mind ex expanding a little bit what a nuke is? Yeah, so um, our carriers and our submarines are run by nuclear propulsion, so they have a couple of different ratings inside the Navy that um, take care of all that. So they have machinist mates, electronics, technicians, which I was, hmm. and then also um, electricians mates and then ELTs. And they kind of have their own little separate job as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, that actually sounds super cool. My father was in the Navy and did something very similar to that. And we've had him on the podcast. And I don't know, I know you got some crazy stories being on ships and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we can get into that in a little bit. So yeah, I was. Scrolling through you guys' website, uh, which do you mind putting that out for our listeners real quick, just so if they wanted to see what you guys were all about? Yeah, it's um, www.warriorsurf.org. So pretty easy to find, as long as you don't confuse us with wounded warriors, which <laughs> sometimes yeah, people do. For sure. So yeah, let me just get to know a little bit more about you and how you ended up in the Warrior Surf Foundation. So I was reading through um, like the about section in the website, which was very well written in my opinion, but you help veterans work through PTSD, moral injury, survivor's guilt, TBI, things like that through surf therapy, yoga, wellness sessions, and community. How did you end up going down that route? So essentially what I'm asking is how did you go from veteran to surfing, to creating a foundation revolved around this stuff, helping with those types of injuries? 
Yeah, so I actually didn't create this foundation. It was founded by my good friend and I would say brother Andy Manzi, who was in the Marines and did some tours overseas. He okay. really was struggling with a lot of the same things that many veterans struggle with when they come back. And he happened to have a friend who surfed and took him out uh, actually in the winter in Connecticut and was like, oh, just paddle, you'll figure it out. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he did. He, he obviously sucked at it at first because everyone does, but he really just had this sense of peace when he was out in the water. Nice. And he started um, just taking other veterans out. I like to joke that it was just him on the street corner with a surfboard, like, hey, man, you want to get in the water? Um, and it grew by really by word of mouth from there. So in the beginning, he was just taking people out uh, maybe once or twice a month in groups. And there was optional trauma therapy and people were just really benefiting it from it. And the program kept growing and growing. I actually got involved because my husband, uh, who served 0708 in Iraq, was really struggling when he got back, had a, had a hard time. They had a really difficult deployment um, and we tried a lot of different things and nothing was really working for him. His therapist at the at the time, the VA just mentioned, they're like, hey, have you heard of this organization? And he mentioned it to me and I was like, that sounds cool. Let's go do it. Yeah, I didn't sure. at the time. I didn't even know if like I was like, I don't even care if it works. <laughs> it just <laughs> sounds fun. Um, so I drug him out there. Um he really didn't like it at first. He didn't like any of the veterans. He, he has a lot of the same experience that most veterans have, right? Like they right. don't, they're like, well, I hate other veterans and <laughs> these people are vetting me and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk to anybody. But yeah. the experience of surfing was just, it really captured his attention. And over time, I actually was like, whoa, this is, this is doing something. This is changing something. And so I just asked Andy, I was like, hey, I'm a nerd. You guys have paper on the beach. Let me help you, um, please. And yeah. a little over time, I think he finally like uh, believed that I was going to do what I said I was going to do. And so um, I just started working for the foundation, volunteering and and just trying to help as best I could. Yeah, that's awesome. It's cool you and your husband were able to get involved with the foundation, both working and benefiting from the resources it offers. Yeah, it, that was very powerful. And I think for me, that's one of the most powerful pieces of the foundation is that we really want the whole family to be involved. Yeah, and I think that that's the, your support. Like as a human being, your support network is so important and everyone's affected when people struggle. So yeah, I absolutely. think it's really powerful to have everyone participate yeah absolutely it's definitely a, a whole family um, effort when it comes to these kind of things but a common story we hear on the podcast here is you have a veteran who struggles when they're getting out of the military um, and they tend to turn to you know poor outlets maybe it's drugs alcohol just being lazy not having goals not feeling driven and we don't have that purpose um, so it's really important to find a hobby or find a something fun and enjoyable, almost therapeutic to find that purpose again. Did you, would you say you guys found it through this foundation as well before you even started working? But uh, it sounds like it kind of did help with that. Yeah, I would say so. I was, was talking to my friend, Kevin from Surf Brigade. 
few days ago, and we were, we were discussing this. It's just this idea to me that you serve in the military, and and we're, and I'm not saying that it's not, but you're told that this is life's highest purpose. There is no greater thing than than this. Yeah. And so you're raised in that, for lack of a better word. Your brain's not done being fully developed. You're enculturated in that way, and you get out, and you can't imagine that anything else you do could possibly have value. Yeah, absolutely. And so you burn yourself out or you try to fill a hole. And so I think what we found was that it was able to help shift perspectives about what is valuable, what is worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard for, I mean, you kind of just hit it, the nail on the head, but veterans get out and they don't have that purpose and they forget that they can do things that are fun and they can do whatever they want now. Essentially, they're not being told what to do, told what to wear, told what kind of haircut to have. And they can just go out and pick up surfing. Or we've had musicians in here who, you know, served in Iraq, struggled, then found guitar. And now he's a musician, just things like that. So it's really cool to hear people are finding purpose through your guys' foundation that is surfing. Uh, I see you guys do yoga, wellness sessions, and community. What's that all about? Yeah, so we like to call it secret therapy. Um, <laughs> because are we allowed to talk about it therapy. on here, though? <laughs> no, we're allowed to talk about it. Oh, okay. I just, we call it wellness coaching, but I call it secret therapy. Uh, we found out really early on people didn't really want to do trauma therapy. Yeah. Um, but what we use is evolutionary psychology, positive psychology, mindfulness and resiliency skills to help people shift that mindset to understand really that what happens to you if you experience trauma before the military, during the military, after the military, that response is actually normal. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It actually means all systems are firing as they should. And now what do we do with that? So in the case of my husband and, and many other veterans, Something as simple as hypervigilance, which being hypervigilant creates the stress, right? Because you don't want to feel that way. Right. We can shift that perspective to say, actually, you don't have to be hypervigilant all the time, right? We can allow that piece to go. But that fact that you are able to do that is a skill that you've learned that if you were to need it mm -hmm. in the future, you have this skill that can protect you and protect your family. And I think that creates a space for softening and for integration. Okay. What does that look like? Is that open to people outside of their direct area? Like, do you guys do like Zoom community or forums or things like that? Or what does that look like if someone wanted to get involved? Right. So we have the 12-week program. We have veterans come from all over the place. Mm -hmm. Right now, we don't have housing for them, but that's definitely on my list of things that I would like to be able to provide. And, but, and we also do travel camps, so we'll bring veterans to us where we do provide housing um, for kind of a, a mini camp and or we go somewhere. So, for instance, we go to New Jersey every year. Uh, so that's that's how veterans are are getting involved with us in that way. Um, we do, for some of our veterans who are coming from distance, provide our wellness coaching via like online. So like a zoom link essentially is how we do it, but okay. it's HIPAA compliant software. Okay. And if someone wanted to get involved uh, through your website would probably be the best option. Yes, exactly.
Optum Colorado. Veterans Voice is produced in the Optum Podcast Studio. Optum Colorado and Mountain View Medical Group, part of Optum, offer 20 clinics through the Pikes Peak region. Their primary and specialty care doctors provide quality, patient-centered care backed by Optum's industry-leading health services and technology. Optum is dedicated to helping our community live healthier while keeping care affordable. Visit OptumCare.com Colorado to learn more and schedule your appointment today. Medicare Mentors. When it's time to consider your Medicare options, it's time to talk with Medicare Mentors. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark, is veteran-owned, a long-standing Mount Carmel Veteran Service Center partner, and the Veterans Voice podcast channel provider. More than that, they go above and beyond to make sure that when you need them, they are there lending a helping hand. Medicare Mentors, powered by Spark. Always above and beyond. Visit MedicareMentorsLLC.com for more information. Well, nice. Yeah, I want to dive a little bit deeper. So you said your this program helped your husband before you guys were even working for it. Was that right? Mm-hmm. How did him going through this help your guys' relationship as a husband and a wife? Like seeing him go into it before and then during and then after the benefits of it. Yeah, he, you know, when we first started going, like I said, he had been trying a lot of different things. He'd been prescribed a lot of different kinds of medications and different types of therapies. He did experimental therapies, exposure therapies, and he was in a really dark place, actually. I, I, at the time, I was really afraid to leave him at home alone. I was afraid of what I would come home to. Um, And so I always would leave a kid with him because I'm like, wow, if I leave a kid here. Uh, responsibility mm -hmm. then he'll be safe yeah uh and he his circle was so small and and you know he just had this this pit of of angst and anxiety and and uh lacking a a sense of of direction and self because of some of the hard experiences that he had um and so through the program I just watched his circle of of safety um, through the community begin to really open up where he had, uh, I would say, almost no external connection outside of our family. Suddenly he's got friends and he's got, um, you know, people that he can connect to that really understand what it was that he experienced. And I think that made him feel like he wasn't alone. And just, just that sense of, of safety was enough that other pieces of the puzzle started to fall into place, you know, right. where he could begin to change how he was viewing his experiences and what those experiences meant, if that makes sense. I think for a lot of veterans, it's really hard to sometimes justify what you experienced and right. also connect to the to a world where we have everything at the tips of our fingers here. There are very few of us that are questioning how we're getting our next meal or if our kids are coming home or, you know, those kinds of of pieces that there's a huge disconnect. And so to have that sense of safety, I think, helped him figure out the areas of his life that were actually really important for, for a second. There was this kind of door that opened and it was like, wow, now I can see what areas of my life are important. And then like, how do I act in those areas to feel fulfilled? And that fulfillment was so powerful. That sense of purpose was so powerful that 
it changed the way we were communicating with each other. It changed the way we were interacting with our kids and what we were finding valuable and important. Um, and it was really, it was truly life-changing for our family um, and brought us closer together in a way that I, you know, I, I question if we'd still be married if, if it weren't for this program. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm extremely happy to hear that story. Uh, you guys sound like you're doing a lot better now. I hear a common story on this podcast and it's the veteran gets out, he's diagnosed with A, B, and C, and then he's prescribed A, B, and C. And then they just kind of shut themselves off, take their medicine. They sit in this diagnosis, whether it's PTSD or a TBI or whatever it may be. And that's how you essentially lose your purpose. Cause now it's the character you're convincing yourself that you are. If you think you're this soldier who no longer has a purpose, I was a 11 Bravo or an 18 Bravo or whatever it was. Now I'm just on all these medicines and I sit at home and drink and that's just me now. But if you find a purpose, which is why I like hearing this story about surfing and yoga and this community you guys have, it becomes addicting. And even if it it's something small, picking up a new skill of surfing, that little light gets brighter and brighter and now you're finding purpose and you know your family and now you have friends and your kids and it just starts to spread like wildfire would you agree oh i totally think that you're you're right on track with that and you just made me think of something i don't i don't think i'd ever really considered but it feels right is that you're you're raised in the military and you you're told what you are you know, you're told, like you're saying, I'm this, and then you get out and you're told, well, now you're this. And yeah. so you identify with that diagnosis. Um, and I think that's exactly it, that it's that over-identification sometimes with our experiences or what we're told that we are that causes us to drift away from who we are authentically as human beings. You're listening to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA, in partnership with Optum, Medicare Mentors, Colorado Computer Support, and the WireNet Home Services. Yeah, and like I said, it just it becomes addicting. I just got out in November, uh, mid-November of 2023, and going right into the holidays, I thought I had everything situated, you know, finances, job opportunities, housing, my family, and then life just happened. I started to get all my VA letters of my disabilities and this and that. And I started to get a little bit depressed for like a month and a half there. Um, but then I, I have a couple other things. I'm in Colorado, so I'm always outside. And I just, I immediately knew I had to find purpose outside of the military because that's what everyone says. But it's it's easy to just hear it and not do anything and then just keep sulking in it. But you have to actually go out and try and find a purpose. And then, like I said, it could be as simple as going to wash your car and then you're proud of your car. And then that radiates into something bigger and bigger and bigger. And now you have a whole life full of purpose. Mm -hmm. And really giving yourself that the gift, allowing yourself to be proud of things that aren't these big, massive, you know, huge adrenaline rush producing things. Like you're saying, like being proud of of washing your car, being proud of the time that you spend with your kids, mm -hmm. even if it's not perfect. You know, that's one thing that I think that we we get stuck in our heads and it's a hard lesson to unlearn is like, you don't have to go harder than the paint to be valuable. Yeah. You, It's okay to make mistakes because most of the things that happen out here in, in this life and this world aren't going to get people killed. Yeah, absolutely. 
Well, surfing, I feel like, is a pretty high adrenaline sport. I've never ocean surfed, but I'm incredibly terrified of sharks because I know I know where I'm at on the food chain in the ocean and it's not the top. So <laughs> is it is it scary surfing or how would you how would you like, you know, brief someone on surfing that's never surfed before? Uh, I think there's this kind of funny dynamic that happens is when you first start surfing, all the waves are terrifying. Uh, and then as you progress and you surf bigger, harder waves, it, it just, there's always a moment of like kind of pushing your boundaries of like, Oh, this is the biggest wave now I've ever done. And that's a little bit terrifying. And there's something really powerful and humbling about that. Like it's okay to fail. I think actually that failing over and over and over again until you succeed is really powerful in building right. schema and that sense of self and purpose and direction. Mm -hmm. Um, I just saw a video the other day and I sent it out, uh, to my team and I, it said the trick is 80% send 20% skill. Oh yeah. And how so you just keep sending it over and over again, even if it's, you don't have the skills because the skills come. Um, and I think that's really kind of my take on it as well. In special forces, we used to always say 70% solution and you figure the other 30% out, you know, in the process. I feel like that's relatable to surfing too. You're 70% sure I can handle this wave and then the other 30% comes while you're surfing it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's yeah. something powerful and I'm sure you can attest to this, but there's something powerful in doing really hard things that you absolutely get obliterated at and then keep pressing on you yeah. know we we take our we just did a retreat uh with some of our graduates to guatemala and guatemala has surf like they've never surfed before it's more intense um and how you show up in situations that are humbling just tells you so much about yourself and helps you i think get your mind right yeah i'm glad you said that because i was about to uh, describe like finding purpose through delayed gratification and surfing is a very good example because you're not just going to hop on a, a surfboard and ride a five foot wave day one. So programming yourself to be satisfied with delayed gratification through a skill like surfing will radiate through the rest of your life as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that it really works because there's no, in my opinion, there's no greater high than walking on water. Right. Yeah. Whether it's it's an ankle high wave or a five foot wave or or whatever, you know, double overhead. Yeah. That that moment of being so present, you can't be anywhere else but right there in that mm -hmm. moment because you'll get wrecked. Yeah. And so you learn over time to take that with you out of the water and into your daily life. Yeah, serving seems super difficult. I'm in Colorado Springs here, but an hour south of here is Pueblo, and we have a huge reservoir down there. And I've mm -hmm. done wake surfing, uh, like behind a wake surf boat, but it's completely different. But back to the shark comment, every time I'm floating in the water, I feel stuff touching my toes, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the great news is that I don't think the sharks actually want to eat you. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I'm more uh, worried about alligators or crocodiles. So now I'm just really paranoid to ever surf. <laughs> <laughs>
Colorado Computer Support. Imagine never having to worry about your information systems ever again. Colorado Computer Support, the exclusive Veterans Voice technology partner meeting all of our computing needs. Colorado Computer Support is veteran-owned, and they are your team for innovative, collaborative IT services and solutions to enhance and support your Colorado business. When you need IT services to keep your business going, make sure the Colorado Computer Support team is on your team. Call 719-355-2440 to learn more. That's 719-355-2440. The Wirenut Home Services. Every season brings a new strain on your home systems. Veterans Voice partner, the Wirenut Home Services, is the company you can count on to handle your heating, cooling, and electrical needs. They're family-owned, proud to employ honest, hard-working Coloradans. When you need plumbing, heating, cooling, or electrical help, the Wirenut does that. Call 719-399-5021. That's 719-399-5021. So as executive director, do you work directly with soldiers going through the program or... Yeah. So one of the things that we really like to keep as a part of our mission is that our leadership is always a part of the programming in some way. Obviously, you know, it's my main responsibility to to decide the direction of the organization and make sure that everyone's getting paid and we can keep serving veterans. But I really love getting out in the water. I, I try to make it to every single day one when, when our new groups start. and. Yeah. Uh, I was in Guatemala with them this year, just trying to help people get into waves and be a part of uh, their yoga journey as well. Oh, okay, cool. Do you have any stories from any of the veterans going through that really inspired you or, you know, motivated you to continue doing what you're doing? You don't have to, you can keep names private or anything, but if anyone just really inspired you watching them go through the 12-week program, we'd love to hear about it. Yeah, I have one of our veterans I call him my spirit animal. Okay. Um, he is such an incredible human being. He came to us through a vet treatment court, which is um, a program we have down here that instead of going to jail for for drug and alcohol abuse crime, wow. that they get put into this this eighteen month long program. And he came he came to our program, and when he came to us, he had been in a motorcycle accident. He he lost everything. Um, He's been, I want to say, I hope I get this right, that he's been sober for five years now. Um, wow. But when he, he came to us, he really had limited use of his his right arm. He was really quiet. Um, he didn't really, you know, sh- shy. I think he was nervous about connecting to other people. Uh, and watching him just stick with it, just keep paddling, keep pressing in. Um, so eventually he actually paddled out to the outside in Guatemala on his surfboard. And I was just so enthusiastic and so pumped. And now he uh, is a part of our, we have a recovery group inside of our programming. He leads that and he, every single day of the year gets up and posts a message in that group for people who are in recovery or sober curious, just as a way to connect. And he goes out above and beyond out of his way to help people. And I'm just elated to have met him. Yeah, I think uh, just hearing that story is super inspirational. I think that's a salient example of how your guys' foundation is helping people find that purpose and turn away from bad outlets like drugs or alcohol. 
yeah, it's powerful what community and accountability can do for you. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's easy to want to fill those voids that we have within, within us, but with other things. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, we know a lot of veterans do that, just trying to make themselves feel whole or to not have to feel some of the things they feel. And that's one of the reasons why we started the the recovery group inside of our programming was to just have a safe space where there's no judgment so that they could inside of a community move away from those things. Absolutely. So what's on the horizon for Warrior Surf Foundation? What are you guys' like vision, projections, any future plans coming up? Yeah, we're obviously going to plan to keep growing. We served over 100 veterans last year. We want to keep doing that. One of the things that we've been talking about inside of our team is creating a curriculum to teach other people who want to stand up uh, surf nonprofits um, and kind of have an affiliate program so that we don't get too big. You know, we don't want our organization to get so big that it loses the heart of the mission, but we do want people to be able to experience this kind of programming throughout the world and, and throughout the United States. So that's kind of on our list for this year. Right. You guys want to maintain that intimate connection with each individual coming through. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we have a tradition on the veterans voice podcast. We ask all the veterans to tell a story from when they were in the military, maybe something funny, maybe something sad, both funny and sad, totally up to you. Um, but as veterans, we all get a kick out of the same types of stories. So if you have a story or maybe your husband has told you a funny story of being in the army, but yeah, just tell us a story about when you were in the military. I think the the funniest story that I have is probably from my husband. Um, okay, when yeah. he was overseas, he got a, um, I don't actually know how he got a cell phone. He probably, he was definitely not supposed to have a cell phone. <laughs> um, and he would call me uh, on the phone. Sometimes I would be on the ship and, you know, I wouldn't be able to answer. But one time I picked up the phone, I answered. And obviously I was, I was stationed in Washington State. There's a pretty significant time difference. Uh, so I, I think it was nighttime for me, um, maybe in, even in the middle of the night. And he was out on mission. And all of a sudden, I just hear a significant amount of... Uh, gunshots happening Man. and I'm like oh my god and then he's like I gotta go bye and just hangs <laughs> up the phone and I don't hear from him for two weeks and oh I'm my goodness. losing it this is probably why this is a frowned upon <laughs> yeah for sure situation. and when I when he does call me back um his uh one of his guys is in the background and they're like how'd you tell her about that ied and i was like oh my god i cannot even right now please just stop calling me i'll see you in 15 months <laughs> wow <laughs> i can't imagine going two weeks after that phone call how did you cope during that couple weeks i think i just disassociated i was like everything's fine yeah <laughs> everything will be fine yeah, that's pretty scary. I I have a similar story. I would I would do all my uh I did a 10 month on deployment in 2015 and I would call my family every Sunday typically. 
And there was one week when we had a three-day mission turn into about a week-long mission, and I missed it, so I didn't call until Wednesday. But every single person was in a sheer panic when I called them. <laughs> and so then I had to go back to a more inconsistent schedule of calling them, you know, about every week and a half or so. So, Yeah, you can't can't rely on, on the weekly phone calls, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, I can't imagine being a spouse or family member of a deployed soldier would be rough. Yeah. I think for me, uh, cause I was also in the military and I think like everybody else, you just cope with dark humor. Yeah. It, it probably didn't affect me the way that it might have affected someone else. So I, I do feel grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. We're different. And that's why we need things like <laughs> surfing and skydiving and stuff to keep our adrenaline fix going. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, it was great talking to you. If there was any listeners that was super interested and want to get in contact with you and the foundation, please go ahead and put out any contact information, websites, emails you'd like them to have. Yeah. Um, we love volunteers. We love people that want to get connected to us. The easiest way to get connected to us is just heading over to our website at warriorsurf.org um, and hit to the contact tab or the volunteer tab or if they want to sign up, the veteran registration tab. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much uh, for speaking with us. It sounds like the Warrior Surf Foundation over there in South Carolina is doing a great thing, and I wish you guys the best in your future endeavors. Thank you so much for having us on. Really appreciate it. All right. You take care, Stephanie. You too. Bye. You've been listening to The Veteran's Voice, presented by USAA. Veterans Voice is a service of Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center and originates from the Optum Podcast Studio located on the Mount Carmel Veterans Service Center campus in Colorado Springs, Colorado. The podcast channel is provided by Medicare Mentors. Computing power is provided by Technology Partner Colorado Computer Support. Additional funding is provided by Supporting Partner The Wirenut Home Services. Veterans Voice airs on flagship station KRDL News Radio Sundays at 7.30 a.m. The podcast publishes Saturday at 8 a.m. and is available on all your favorite podcast apps.